Hey there, and welcome back to I Hope. Excited to join you again. I know it was back in, I believe, February, where we talked a little bit about the book of Psalms um, and dealt with the subject of hope that we see throughout Psalms, which makes sense. It's a song book, right? Um, so today we're going to start in on one of the minor, or well, really not a minor prophet, but one of the prophets, Ezekiel, as we continue in this idea of hope and the theme that we've been talking about. I am, though, going to start with a psalm, or one of the songs that you see of uh, the idea uh, to give you a little background of Ezekiel and help you understand a little bit what he's going through, because I think, um, I know we've talked a lot, and in listening through uh, Charles uh, talk about Lamentations, realize that um, sometimes you really see hope shine through when it seems like there's hopelessness. And um, so in Psalm 137, we find uh, a passage that's written about those in captivity, those in um, by the rivers of Babylon. And I think you're going to see why this psalm came to mind when we begin talking about Ezekiel and where we find Ezekiel in the book, beginning of his book. But it says this, uh, Psalm 137, 1 through 4. I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but I'm going to just read the first part to set up the scene so you get a little bit about Ezekiel and maybe the people that he was surrounded with and uh, maybe a little bit of the feeling in the background of what's going on. But it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion, or Jerusalem. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And then it says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Basically, you see, they hung their instruments up. And, um, you know, we think about that when we're done playing. That's what we do. We hang it up. And uh, But they were done playing or really feeling like they had a song to sing, not because time was up or maybe it was time to move on to another uh, to something else, but basically because they felt like they did not have a song. Now, I think part of it you see and you have to understand it feels like a little bit of teasing is going on there, like, well, where's your song? Aren't you going to sing a song for us? And that's what those that took them and held them captive were saying unto them. Um, so we see this is the setting that we find Ezekiel. And if we go to Ezekiel 1.1, it says, Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I, Ezekiel, was among the captives by the river of Kebar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Again, I told you that probably you would see and understand why I use that Psalm 137 to begin, because you see, he says, I'm by the captives by the river of Kebar. Now, understanding this, Ezekiel is a contemporary of Jeremiah, and even of Daniel. But Daniel was in a different location in Babylon, and so there are two different groups of people there and um, probably did not have a lot of connection, where you may in the past of Ezekiel's life had some connection with Jeremiah just because of their priestly background. But we see Ezekiel here was taken in the second deportation, where Daniel was taken in the first. And of course, we know in the second deportation, Nebuchadnezzar had not yet destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and 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 laid waste of the city. Um, so the, in a sense, I will talk about there was, there was still a little bit of hope in that, but these people had been taken away from everything they, they knew. Now, 
about Ezekiel, his name in the Hebrew means God strengthens. And so, um, and I mentioned he was like Jeremiah in the sense that he had a priestly heritage. Like many of the prophets, God placed a calling upon his life to bear a message about judgment and repentance. And in Ezekiel 1, we see where God, he sees the vision it mentions. We find Ezekiel's vision is about a will in the middle of the air. Now, jokingly, I was singing a song before the podcast began because there was an old spiritual I heard growing up about the will in the middle of the air. Um, And I see several spirituals in Ezekiel that come to mind, but this was the vision that he saw. And it showed that God was sovereign. It's the idea of God moves things in motion, and there is a connection of what uh, of the heavenlies to the things that go on here on this earth. But in following Ezekiel 1, you see the calling he places upon Ezekiel's life in chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. It says, And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day, for they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. Wow, what a message. Granted, sometimes we are like a stubborn child when it comes to listening to God's message. He says, I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. This is God's message, not my message. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. I do like the reminder here that I think we can kind of get a glimpse and be reminded of the fact that God has called us just to share his message. It may not change things the way that we think they should change. But that's not the calling placed upon our life. It's not to manipulate people and to change people, but it's to share God's message and let God do the work. And that's basically what he tells Ezekiel. Hey, listen, they're rebellious, but at least you can say there has been a prophet and there has been God's word shared through it. So I don't know, that may encourage you too. Sometimes when you you feel like, hey, I'm trying to do right, I'm trying to share God's message, but I don't see a difference maybe in the life of a family member or a friend. Hey, remain faithful. At least you're doing what God's called you to do. So this is where Ezekiel is at in giving and often living or acting out the message God has for his people. One thing that's interesting about Ezekiel, and I know you see it in some of the prophets, is the fact that they d- just did not necessary deliver the message by their mouth, but God would have them do different actions like eating scrolls, the word of God, and um, and tearing through a wall of a house, and all those would be pictures to represent a message that God would have. Uh, so sometimes the acting out got a little bit odd or strange, but, but it was so that the people could see a visual, because we're visual people. We like sometimes to see an illustration, and so he would use the prophets to even illustrate some of the messages message that he has. Hope is, though, specifically mentioned in Ezekiel a couple of times in the book, uh, while the message of hope is seen throughout other parts of the book. So you can see God's hope shine through the book in different ways, in different places, but there is a couple specific mentions of hope, and I did want to talk about those uh, real quick um, before we end today in our podcast. The first thing is Ezekiel mentions a false hope, or in a sense, beware of the false hope. In Ezekiel 13, verses 3 through 4, um, and then also verse 6, I'm going to read to you. It says, Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets, 
that followed their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. They have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. And they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. Basically, he says, beware of those that spread a false hope. And uh, we know this was specifically going on where, and, and in Ezekiel 13, you remember I mentioned that Ezekiel was in that second deportation. So in the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, where you see they're here by the rivers, there was still this kind of false hope that, hey, everything was going to be okay. Jerusalem was still intact. Nothing had been destroyed yet. And so there were these prophets basically proclaiming that, hey, it's going to be okay. But but God says, listen, that's that's not what I've said. He says, and I'll, it mentions specifically that they follow their own spirit. It wasn't a spirit of God, but it was their own spirit. And so they're spreading this message that, hey, it's okay. And of course, Positive messages people like. It's the ones of judgment that sometimes we we don't want to hear that. That's not always pleasant message. But listen, God's word is truth. And if it comes from God, even though it, it may sen- have a sense of judgment or uh, those things, it's still truth. And whether whether we our spirit wants to agree, we have to understand and make sure our spirit's in check with God's spirit. But basically, these prophets, they wanted to, in a sense, follow their own spirit, uh, the positive message. We have to be careful, and just going to throw this in as a side note, that today's society, this is exactly where we're at. We want to follow our own heart and those positive things, and we have to make sure that it lines up with truth. So their message was not a misinterpretation, but a message from their own heart, and they were trying to to lead people. And we have to be careful about a false hope. Uh, Make sure that we are proclaiming God's Word. Now, Paul, just to to shift a little bit and and kind of put this some shoe leather to this for you because we understand what was going on there with Israel and what within the context was ha- what was happening but understand what can we draw from it Paul reminds Timothy to be careful of the same thing he says to make sure that he proclaimed the truth and to know that there would be those who seek a message that in a sense feels good that is that just positive message second Timothy 4 verses through 2 through 4. This is what he writes to Timothy. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That false hope. They start believing something that's not true because it's the positive message. We have to be careful of that, and we see this here um, is thinking about hope. I know we haven't talked a lot about false hopes, but that's what was going on, and that was mentioned specifically there in Ezekiel. Now, one other mention of Ezekiel that I want to mention, and I know I alluded to this last week when me and Charlie were discussing this, but the other thing that uh, a message for Ezekiel, and this is later on in Ezekiel, so now the destruction's taken place. They see that that false hope truly was false, um, but Ezekiel gives a message of a future hope, and that's what we um, that helps us. And really, that's that's what hope is: trusting God that for the future. 
Um, and, and so Ezekiel 37, verse 1 through 14, and you might recognize this story. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I was commanded, he followed God, even though probably was, again, a little bit of an odd prophecy here with all these dry bones. But it says, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. They were still devoid of life, even though they looked Again, like they were living, they were still, there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army." And so we see basically here where these these bones were were dry and and God gave this prophecy um, and and we see too understanding later on he he talks a little bit about um, what this means so we go down to verse eleven and he's, then he said unto me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel this graveyard was Israel behold they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost and we are cut off. For our parts. And again, I mentioned this is the second mentioning of the word hope specifically. I think it's interesting that it says, and our hope is lost. Our hope is lost. I know last week when we were talking with Charlie, he says, you know, sometimes people find themselves because of sin in their life feeling completely destroyed. And you could be listening, I don't know, and and maybe that last state, that statement right there may feel like what if you you know had an anthem at this moment that's what you would feel like our hope is lost but understand it's not and that's what Ezekiel is showing them even though these bones are dried and it seems like nothing could ever come of them your hope is not lost so it's verse 12 therefore prophesy and say to them thus saith the Lord God behold O my people I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves O my people and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land, and then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. We know this, at this moment, Israel scattered um, in, in Ezekiel and had been taken out of the land, but really we know that this prophecy is not fulfilled yet, that, um, that Israel, even though it's a nation, there's still a great many people scattered, and this is a promise of the future restoration of Israel when God's going to rule and reign, and so we're going to see this take place one day. But we can see that 
in this passage, it's reminding Israel of that that promise that's going to take place one day, but what does it mean for us? Just like they had to be careful not to listen to false hopes, we have to make sure that we are trusting in God. Psalm 146 reminds us, another song, verse 3 through 5, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perished. But happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. That's where we find our hope, if our hope is lost. If we find ourselves in the midst of the graveyard, we don't find it in false hopes, like I mentioned earlier, with just a positive message that everything's going to be okay. But we might find God's hope when He breathes life into dry bones, into our life that feels shattered and like a graveyard. And that's where we can find, if we look and we find our hope in Him, God has given us promises that we can find hope in. We can find it in salvation. We can find it in redemption and restoration. And we might find ourselves in that place just like Israel. But remember, we have the hope of all these things. And one thing I love is is in the Bible when it talks about that he has begun a good work in us and he will complete it one day. And that's, that's our goal is for God to continue to work in our life till that work is perfect and completed, and one day really that hope of heaven and eternity and serving our Lord and Jesus Christ. So listen, Ezekiel's a great book. I encourage you maybe if you can get some time to dig a little bit deeper, maybe go back and read some of these passages where you can see a little bit fuller. Didn't have the time to read all the verses, but uh, like I mentioned, Ezekiel um, 37, one of the passages, Ezekiel 13, and and maybe go through Ezekiel and see how God used his life there in, in those that were taken captive in Babylon. And I hope you're encouraged today on this idea of hope and um, and maybe that'll help you as you continue your walk with Christ and continuing to look into God's word uh, so that you can see it come alive in your alive in your life. Well again, I'll, we'll join again next week to talk about hope in the in the prophets and so I hope you'll join me again. Thanks for joining us today.